And it is true, God has chosen you to be their mom. Um, one of the lines in the song that Jay just sang was, she will put you on a path that will lead you back to me. That's a good line. Thank you, moms, for putting us on a path that will lead us back home. I remember when Dave was little, when he was just an infant, he had a season of not doing too good, just very sick, and uh, we both lost a lot of sleep, but my wife lost a lot more than I did in the middle of the night. But this was back in the old days when we only had like three or four TV stations, and they didn't stay on all night long. Y'all remember the days when you had to walk out there and turn the antenna and daddy would holler, no, go back the other way, we about got it. We were living in Montgomery at the time. Dave was an infant, but Lana recalls memories she had of being so sleepy and so tired in the middle of the night. And there was only one channel on, and there was a rerun, rerun, rerun of Rawhide. So Dave was raised. Now, some of you that are younger are going, Rawhide, what's that? But some of you my age know that song, Keep Them Doggies Rolling, Rawhide. So Dave got that as an infant growing up. Well, those are some of the memories that we have. Sometimes they're good ones, sometimes they're tough ones. The sermon title this morning is, My Mama Can Outcook Your Mama. And uh, I'll bring that up in just a moment, but I want to read, first of all, probably one of the most popular scriptures for today on Mother's Day is Proverbs 31. I want to read a portion of it, Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 13. So hear the words about this mom, this... uh, virtuous woman that it speaks about. And we're blessed that we have many, many women in our church that you fit this. So thank you. She seeks wool and she seeks flax and she willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food. Their food is. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and she provides food. There it is again. She provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and she buys it, and from her profit she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and she strengthens her arms. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates and when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and she supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Thank God we got mamas like that. A mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and they call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing away. But a woman, but a woman who fears the Lord. She shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Remember that line, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing away. But a woman who fears the Lord, 
she shall be praised. I've already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. Mama's Day is a tough day for some. For some, it's a very sad day. For some, it's a very glad day. For some, it may be a a reminder to be mad day. We deal with love. Some of you may deal with hurt. Some of you will have today joy unspeakable. But there will be some who will have pain unmentionable. And that's going on even in this moment. Let's talk about my mama can I cook your mama. I am blessed with a mama who can cook. Of course, I will not get any of that cooking today. She's in the hospital, but I've got it covered. Lana's mother is also a great cook, and my wife's a great cook. So I'll do okay today. The connection to food and mama is a strong one in every generation. We even see this in the Word of God here. Food was mentioned several times as it talked about this virtuous woman. And uh, most of us, even if we didn't have a great relationship with our mom, I've even found that people who didn't have maybe a strong relationship, that oftentimes there is a food, there is something that will trigger a memory, and it's a good memory. Let me give you a couple of them. My grandmother, Beck, she loved coconut cake. And you had to have coconut cake every Christmas. Now, she lived till she was 94. But my dad, to this day, he tells a story, and he has a deep memory. Because there were some lean, lean years in their days. Dad has three brothers and sisters, but Daddy can remember Mama, I mean, Grandmother Beck, you know, his Mama wanting to cook a coconut cake, and she would always go and get a real coconut. And they would get to crack it open, and they would all get to sip some of the milk that comes out of the coconut. And each of the kids, Daddy said, would get a piece of that raw coconut and they would grate the fresh, fresh coconut. Powerful memory in my dad's life. Even though Grandmother died in 2000, Daddy still makes sure that we have a coconut cake at Christmas. And he has a few of the years made it himself and gone and got a coconut and grated fresh, fresh coconut. Powerful memory. My son Dave... Loves all Alana's cooking, but there's one thing that he'll ask for from time to time that is his favorite. Cube steak. Flour the cube steak down and fry it first. So you get that flour real crusty all the way around. You smell it, you see it. And then you you make special gravy and you just smother all that good, fried, healthy, calorie-free cube steak. And you put it in a crock pot and, and Alana lets it Stay in there for like 10 days or something. I forgot how long it is. It's a long time. I mean, it firm, it's awesome. It's good. And so sometimes I've been known to call Dave. Hey, you know, we're getting together. Call your mama and tell her to make the cute steak, you know. But that is one of his favorites, that. And you eat that and you feel the, the crunch still from the fried cube steak. We've ordered 50 pounds of cube steak, and y'all can come to our house this afternoon. Lana's going to feed all of you cube steak. Be over there about 2 o'clock. We're not going to be there. Don't show up. Most of us have, though, memories some way that connect our mom. Some of you who read the 3D devotion that we sent out know that I put in there a, a, a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, President Theodore Roosevelt, honoring motherhood. Hear the words again if you've already read them. President Theodore Roosevelt. When all is said, it is the mother, and the mother only who is better citizen than the soldier who fights for his or her country. 
the successful mother. The mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and the girls who are to be the men and the women of the next generation is of greater use to the community. And she occupies, and she occupies if only she would realize it, a more honorable as well as a more important position than anyone. The mom, the mother, is the one supreme asset of the national life. That's a powerful statement. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She's more important by far than the successful statesman. She's more important than any businessman or businesswoman or any artist or any scientist. President Theodore Roosevelt honoring our mom. I want to talk about three moms in the Bible to share with us. One will be Proverbs 31. These are timeless principles that can be taught by moms. If you're a single mom, if you're a dad, if you're a single dad, your wife's not there to help you. These principles apply the same. But I want us to look at three moms in the Bible that taught us some powerful things, and I hope you'll take them home and teach your children the rest of your lives these three principles. The first one comes from this mom in Proverbs 31. One of the greatest things of among all those things that she taught her children was verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing away, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Moms, dads, grandparents, one of the most powerful things that you can teach your children is to fear the Lord. Fear the Lord, to be honor Him, to worship Him, to have reverence for who He is. She's to be praised, one who teaches her children to fear the Lord. So one of the greatest things you can continue to do, Mom, and it doesn't matter if they're 4 or they're 44, keep teaching them and let them see you live your life that you fear God. Powerful way to teach your kids the fear of the Lord, to be in awe of Him, to want to come and worship Him because I I saw Mama, I saw Grandmother come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what that means. One of the greatest things you can teach your children is to fear the Lord. The second mom is a mom by the name of Hannah. The story is in 1 Samuel, the first chapter. You may not remember the story, but Hannah could not bear a child. Her husband Elkanah, he loved her even though she couldn't, but she grieved. And in that day and time, uh, even in this day and time, to want to bear a child and you're not able to, that's tough. So she began to pray and ask God for a male child. She began to pray. She went to the temple and Eli, the prophet, saw her praying. She was mumbling. In fact, you can read the text in 1 Samuel 1. He thought she had been drinking. She went over, he was going over to get on to her. And she was over there mumbling and everything. And she said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm praying and I'm interceding and I'm believing that God will send me a child, that God will give me a child. So Eli prophesied to her and said, it's done. You'll have a male child. Now what she prayed was this word in 111. And she was praying for a child. She made a vow and she said, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. The child grew. Verse 22. It's time for her to wean him. Elkanah said, we need to bring the child to the Lord because we made a commitment. But she said this in verse 22. Hannah did not go up to the temple for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned then I'll take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Moms and dads, 
Sometimes you got to wean the children. Now, I know it's talking about literally here, but I'm talking about you may have some 20 or 30 year olds. They need to be weaned. They need to be given to God. I thought I might hear an amen there or something. Time went on. Then in verse 28, Hannah says this, Therefore, I also have lent my son Samuel to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Moms and dads, one of the most powerful things you can do for your children is give them to God. They're going to meet Him one day anyway. So it's a powerful thing for you to give your children to God. It doesn't matter again if they're 4 or 54 or 55. I'm supposed to be 56. I still want my mama giving me to God. And she does. Let me tell you a story. When I was 17 years old, high school, one night I was convicted over some things, and so I brought my mom and I asked her to come back there, and I confessed some things to her. I'm not telling you what they were, but I confessed and was honest to her about some things in my life and my relationship with the Lord, and Mama listened, and I expected her to say something like, I can't believe you've been doing this. She didn't say any of that. I remember it this way, and it had a huge impact on my life. After me confessing and pouring out my soul, Mama went over and sat down on the side of the bed with me and she said, I want to pray for you. And this is what she prayed. She took me by the hand and she said, God, I give you Harvey. Amen. She let go of my hand and she walked out of the room. Left me and God sitting in there alone. But it had a huge impact on my life. Because I realized, if I ever never had before, that I was going to answer to Almighty God for Harvey, not for Mama and Daddy. You need to wean your kids and give them to God. So, does my mom still give me to God? Yes, she does. So it doesn't matter their age. Moms, give your children to God. No better place than they can be. Fear the Lord, teach them that, give them to God. The third thing I want to share with you comes from the mother of Jesus. This story is in John, the second chapter. Keep in mind that we, the last story we hear about Jesus when he was about 12 years old. Oh, I wish we had details about his teenage years and in the 20s. But we don't. All of a sudden, he's 30 years old. And so, keep in mind, though, he's been at home, and he and Mama have got a close relationship. She'd been cooking for him. He was in the family business, the carpenter. And so, this story is the first recorded miracle in the Bible. The way it reads, I suspect, this is my own interpretation, that she had probably seen Jesus do some other things miraculously by the way she words things. I don't know that for sure, but nonetheless, this is the story. This is how it goes. Thirty years old, they're at a wedding in Canaan. Remember, the wine was running out. And so and when they had ran out of wine, this is in John 2, 3, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. He said to her, and he wasn't being disrespectful, but he said, Mama, woman, what does this concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I'm not ready to reveal myself as the Son of God yet. Woman, what concern does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come, but listen to what she said to him next. She turns around and looks at all the servants, and she says, 
Whatever He says to you, do it. Whatever He says to you, do it. And so Jesus gave them instructions. The third thing I hope you'll remember today, moms and dads, if you can teach your children that whatever Jesus says to you, do it. Three of the greatest things you can do is teach and show your children to fear the Lord. The second thing you can do in grandparents and great-grandparents is give them to God. Keep giving them to God. Because they're going to meet Him one day anyway. They need to know Him now. And the third thing is teach your children that whatever Jesus tells you, you do it. Moms, dads, grandparents, great-grandparents, what you teach your children really, 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 really matters. God's given them to you and to me. So what we teach them matters. How you live your life will be an example that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will see. And perhaps they'll emulate your life. What you value in life will have an influence. What you value in life will have an influence on what your children value. Make it count. Make it count for godliness and righteousness. Just stay with the Bible lessons. They have worked for generations and they will remain true for eternity. Teach your children to fear the Lord. Give your children to God and your grandchildren to God. And teach them that whatever Jesus says, do it. Let's pray together. God, we love You today and praise You. And we do thank You, God, for this day. Lord, these principles and these lessons that we've seen here in Your Word today apply to every one of us. So God, help us to teach these to our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren because it matters. Help us to lead them back home to You. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.